tell a story and talk about conspiracy fears and mysteries. What's going on, yo? Welcome back to CFM Podcast, or better known as Conspiracy Fears and Mysteries, or better known as CFM. And I would like you guys, now that you're here, to please go to the socials. Go go to the social medias, man, and follow me on the social medias. I'm trying to get them up. This is a call to action. Please go to the social medias, and that is uh, for this podcast. It is CFM, CFM underscore podcast for Twitter, at CFM underscore podcast. And then for um, the Insta Insta. The Grams, it is, um, look, I don't know what it is, it's cr- Mystery Crime Cigar, it, it has like two names, I don't, I still don't understand Instagram, you know, it's been all these years, you got one on the top, one on the bottom, I got like 15 Instagrams, one on the top, one on the bottom, the one on the top says c.f.mysteries, the one on the bottom is Mystery Crime Cigar, and that's because that was the original name of the podcast a long time ago. And I just kept that one there. I forgot to change that. I just never changed it because I smoke cigars also and whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's all conspiracies, whatever. But go follow me on those. C.F.Mysteries um, on Instagram and CFM underscore podcast on the Twitter. I don't do Facebook too much. Don't do nothing. So today we're going to be discussing... Um, a case, and I know I haven't done a lot of conspiracies. I know the conspiracy people probably stop listening to me, and there's still probably mostly the true crime folks that are just that are all over this. But um, and I'm I'm getting more and more listeners, more and more downloads, more and more. I'm in, I'm got I got a lot of downloads. I'm really surprised that people are really interested in stuff like this. Um. So I'm going to start doing more conspiracies, the alien stuff, the paranormal, the, um, you know, I'm talking about flat earths and all that stuff and everything because that's what this podcast was originally about. But I'm doing a lot of true crime because it's just intriguing to me. I watch a lot of it. And, you know, so now I took some notes for this particular case. And today we're going to be discussing, we're going to Japan. We're going to japan and it is a um case that i actually did a youtube when i had the when this podcast i still have the youtube channel but with this podcast was primarily the youtube channel i did this uh case before and i was doing creepy pastas but this case was real it was a real case and it scared the hell out of me because just the it it it, it bothered me that's what it was. This is one of the cases that really bothered me. Um, I Again, I did it before. I talked about it. But I'm going to do another one for those people that missed it. I don't want to go that far back into the episodes. I got a lot of episodes on this podcast. That's the case of Junko Furuta. Not a lot of people, uh, coincidentally, haven't heard about this. As severe as the cases. Not a lot of people have heard about it. Maybe primarily, uh, not a lot of people here in the States, primarily probably because it is in this, the States and this happens to be in Japan. You know, it's a case back from the eight, you know, the late 80s, um, early, very early 90s. So a lot of the people are listening to it probably, you know, at the time there was no internet and things like that. So news from that, 
it probably took a while for it to get over to the United States and yada, yada, yada. So let's get into the case of um, the rest in peace, Junko, Junko, Junko Furuta. So Junko Furuta, man. Oh, man, this is, I'm telling you, this case bothered me. So Junko Furuta was a 16-year-old Japanese girl who um, attended a high school in Masato Saitana. My, I hope I'm, I'm messing that up, but it's it's a, a city, a town in in Japan, okay, in the prefecture. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's like the county or whatever. But she she attended this high school. By all accounts, she was a good-looking and smart girl who drew a lot of attention. She was very attractive. People were jealous of her. You know, a lot of people were jealous. You know, the, the other girls were jealous of her because she was so attractive and smart. You know how it is with high school kids. With high school kids, uh, a lot of times with the girls, a lot of jealousy. Even with the boys, there's some jealousy and stuff like that. She did not smoke or drink. She was, she was, you know, like I said, very smart. She kept her head in the books, always doing her thing, you know. And um, there happened to be a boy named Hiroshi Miyano, who's very, who is a key element, who is probably the key element when it comes to this case. Hiroshi Miyano. Now, Hiroshi, he liked Yunko, but he didn't want a relationship with her. It was one of those things where, you know, he was a young kid. He's uh at the time, he was like 17, I believe, 18. Um, and it was one of those, you know, young guys. He'd seen a girl. He didn't want a relationship with her. He just wanted to, you know, just wanted to be with her or whatever. Just wanted to sleep with her. That's all he wanted. He, You know, she, she looked good. He wanted to say, hey, I slept with this girl. Junko was the only girl who turned him down. Nobody else turned him down. And I'm going to tell you why. There's a reason why nobody else turned him down. It was said that Hiroshi was associated with the Yakuza, and he was a bully. So people were scared of him. Whatever he did, he just did. If you're not familiar with the Yakuza, it's basically the Japanese mafia. For the Chinese, it's the triads. <clears throat> so Junko would turn down all his advances and all his, you know, he always wanted. He's, hey, you gonna be with me? She, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. She would turn him down. She didn't. She didn't want to be with him. I mean. You know, you, you know, a girl like that, a young girl like that who was, you know, very level-headed, very smart, above average, good-looking, you know, came, seemed to come from a good home. She, she, she doesn't have time for that stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, but unfortunately, she was, she was, she had him around her, you know, she was in the school and he just happened to be in that school and he was a bully. So on November 25th, 1988... Uh, that's when things took a turn for the worse. Junko was walking home, and she was approached by Hiroshi. He made an advance at her again, and she said no again. And that's when him and his friends decided to kidnap her. So they kidnapped her, and they took Junko to the house that was owned by one of the parents of one of the kidnappers. And this was in the Ayasi district of tokyo now when i looked up this case uh the 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 two times that i did them 
when I looked up information on it, I don't know the distance from this to where the school was or from this to her house. So it, it never it never told me that. Um, I, I couldn't find that detail. If one of you know, then please go ahead and call into the podcast and let us know. So, you know, just so we have that detail. Even though this is already a solved case, it's still, you know, it's something that we we want to know just so, you know, we know. Now, while in captivity, the the her her captors, the these four guys had forced her to call her parents and to say that she was okay and that she ran away and she's staying with in in somebody's house to not look for her. Because Junko was so scared of her captors, she complied completely with them. She did this, she called her parents, she told them, Look, don't come looking for me. I'm in my friend's house, I'm fine, I'm just whatever they made they made her say some story which this delayed the search because her parents I don't know how it would delay the search. I would still sixteen my sixteen year old runs away. I'm still sending cops out. I, I know you gotta wait twenty four hours, whatever. But I'm still being like, look, man, I, this doesn't sound right, you know, whatever. I will you know. I'm still sending cops out there. But every every uh the way they handle things in different countries is you know it just varies, you know, and sometimes the police don't, they have rules and they don't really handle things the way that you would want them to. So the, anyway, the, the parents of one of the captures, of one of the captures, one of the, one of the, uh, one of her, her captors <clears throat> would come home and since it was his house, or his, obviously his parents would come home and Junko was forced to say that she was just a, a girlfriend of one of the captors. Now, this went on for a while, but the parents eventually became aware of her, uh, that she was a captive and she was a prisoner of these boys, including their son. But the parents were so scared to say anything due to Hiroshi having this connection with the Yakuza. They didn't want any problems with the Yakuza, you know. And I remember I grew up in Queens, New York at the time of Gotti and the mobsters. I never had a problem with them. I was a kid. You know, they they didn't mess with kids. They, you know, but, um, you know, there was certain things you just didn't do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Around these guys with these guys. You, people were scared, but they did keep the neighborhood safe. Nobody ever stole. No, there was no nonsense going on as far as just regular crimes because people were scared to commit crimes over there because they had the mafia around. There. I'm not I'm not trying to paint them off as heroes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know, it's like a double edged sword. Um, now for 44 days, guys, she, guys and girls, she went, she underwent horrible torture. I mean, horrible. I mean, most of this story is just telling you the torture she went through. It isn't, okay, she got captured, you know, they, 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 they kidnapped her, which is bad. But what happened in between is a nightmare. I mean, just ridiculous you know what i mean so first of all they humiliate they humiliated her by keeping her naked she was naked all the time they kept her naked around the house or whatever they raped her every single day vaginally anally more than a hundred men allegedly raped her they had you know more than a hundred men um uh they they knew that of more than a hundred men that had raped her, and it's an estimated five hundred men total 
through the whole 44 days, her first like her first couple of days was like 100 men. Because remember, this guy had connections with the Yakuza, so he would bring these Yakuza guys over and they'd rape her. Um, it, it is said that one day she was allegedly raped by 12 men in one day. That's, that's, man, man. She endured a lot of physical beatings with golf clubs and she would, they would bash her face in the cement. Um, supposedly the men urinated on her. Uh, she was forced to, to masturbate in front of them. To turn them on. They forced things into her vagina. And into her anus. Like bottles. Iron bars. uh, Scissors. Roasting needles. Grilled chicken skewers. I mean. Man. Even when when I was writing the notes for this thing. It was like bothering me. I almost didn't want to do this podcast again. Um, You know this episode. Because I was like. Man the first time I did it. I was. First time I did it. uh, Just to give you little background on that. First time I did this story, because I did it last year, um, I didn't do an episode for like two weeks. I had to, I had a detox for a minute. I had a detox. So anyway, um, they gave her, they, 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 she was given a limited amount of food. She was forced to eat cockroaches and drink, drink her own urine. They had fireworks which they forced into her vagina and her anus, and they lit them, and it caused burns. They ripped off her nipples with pliers. They dropped dumbbells on her stomach when she lay, while she laid flat on her stomach with her hands and feet tied. They hanged her from a ceiling, and they used her as a punching bag. They would just punch her. They kept her in a freezer for hours. Her eyelids um, were burned with wax. Her breasts with, were pierced with uh, sewing needles. Her vagina and her clit were um, burned with cigarettes. There was a... I should have gave a warning. This one really... I normally don't, but this one really does deserve a warning. And I, I really should have done that. I'm sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. If you've heard this far, I really apologize. There was a light bulb that was put into her vagina while while it was lit, while it was on, and they and it was the I don't know the light bulb was rubbed until it exploded. Jesus, that's that's insane. Now a quarter of the way through her her captivity, quarter of the way through the, all this torture and captivity, um, her body stopped functioning, stopped functioning normally. She couldn't drink anything. She had blood clots everywhere. Um, when she drank and ate, it would cause her to throw up. So this caused her to be, you know, dehydrated. She even got beaten for soiling the, the carpets. Now, she couldn't control her bowels anymore because her insides were all messed up. They were all jacked up. I mean, these guys were dropping weights on her. You know, I mean, it's only so much you're going to be able to take. There was, it was at one point that she attempted to call the police and she was caught and punished having her feet set on fire. They poured like lighter fluid on her feet and, and stuff like that. And they set her on fire. They set her feet on fire. So you can imagine the blister, the burn, the you know, third degree burns and all that stuff. They shoved the bottle in her in her rectum, which caused 
severe bleeding. I mean, oh my goodness, boy. She couldn't walk after 20 days, obviously. She had to crawl everywhere. I mean, she couldn't walk. You know, like like I said, her feet were all, you know. Um, They forced her to sleep on a balcony during the winter. So you can imagine it was cold. I'm sure. I don't. Did they give her a blanket? I don't know. Her eardrums damaged. Her eardrums were damaged. Um, And it said that her brain size had reduced. The brain, had, you know, were reduced. Um, They also. It's, it said that, uh, I, and I guess this was all like testimony from the guys when they were in the courtroom that they that they talked about it. But it said that Junko begged to be killed. She was like, "Look, just kill me, man. I can't, you know." And I, I mean, I could, Jesus, um, you know. But they they obviously wouldn't. January fourth, nineteen eighty nine. They it said allegedly that they challenged her to a game of. Mahjong Solitaire. So just a game of solitaire, I guess a Japanese style. And then it said that she won this game and this pissed off her captors. I don't know how she would even have the brain power to play solitaire. I mean I'm sure even it whether she won or lost, this was going to be bad for her. But she I it says that she won and it pissed them off. I don't know I don't know where they got all this from and but I guess I because I guess this is from these guys' testimony. Now she was beaten with a barbell for this and set on fire. So they they beat her. This is horrible, man. They beat her with a barbell, um, uh, and they set her on fire because she won this game of solitaire. And, I mean, ridiculous, right? Now, Junko, the next day from this, the, that last being, this was on the 44th day, had died of shock the next day. I'm surprised. The fact that she lasted that long is nothing short of a miracle. Nothing short of just, I hate to use the word amazing in this situation, but I, I was like, how did she even... Like, you know, when they said the 20th day, I was like, how? You know, there's a 16-year-old girl. Uh, she was fairly small in stature. And, she did, and these guys just, man. So uh, after she died, they had put her body in 55-gallon drums with, in a 55-gallon drum with, with concrete. Uh, sometime later now, the captors, her captors were captured. And the Japanese court didn't want to release the names due to them being juveniles. Fuck that. But a, um, I hate, th th this doesn't merit that. But anyway, they didn't want to release the name because these kids, these guys were juveniles. Some were 16, 17, and uh, I think one or two were 18. So they, um, but there was a reporter who said, nah, <laughs> fuck all that. I'm, I'm putting out the names. She had got the names from a source and she put them out. Now, what happened was uh, the four captors, they had changed their names. So Hiroshi Miyano at the time changed his name to Hiroshi Yokoyama. Joe Arugu changed, who was 18, changed his name to Joe Kamisaku. Shinji Mimato, who was 16, changed his name to Nobolahu Minato. I, I'm fucking these names up, but... 
and Yasushi Watanbe, who was 17, changed his name to Jokamsku. Jokamsku. They they sound like their names. Um, the, the way I'm messing them up, that's what they sound. That you know, that's what I'm picturing them like. Just garbage. The way I say the names, just garbage. So they were tried as juveniles, but eventually they were forced. They they faced uh, sentences as adults, even though the sentences were very low, and these sentences were nothing for what the for what the crimes were. It was nothing. Three of them served less than eight years. The leader, who was uh, uh, Hiroshi Miyamo, Miyano, I'm sorry, whatever. He was sentenced to 17 years, and after and he tried to appeal it, and the judge gave him another three years, so he gave him 20 years. He was sentenced to 17. He tried to appeal it early. He ended up getting 20. Now, needless to say, all the boys are out of jail now. They're about, they're probably a little bit older than me, just just a little bit. Um, and more people were actually convicted because remember, it was a lot of men, a lot of guys that went in there and tried to do. The, you know, the rapes and all that stuff. But um, these guys were out of jail. They, they didn't serve anything. They didn't, it wasn't really anything. One of them had gotten out, like, before his eight years. And then uh, a few years later got arrested again, did another eight years, but not not for the same crime. He had, uh, he beat a guy. He got eight, he got like seven or eight years for, I think, I don't know, I think he stabbed the guy for, because he thought he was taking his girlfriend or something. You know what I mean? Um, but these guys really didn't serve me. These guys are out right now. Like right now, they are out. You know what I mean? It's it, it's insane. So I, I just read up on these guys. I paused for a second. I just read up on these guys, and um, they're they're out. Um, some have gotten in trouble back and forth. One really dropped out. The only only one of them really like dropped out of the radar. Dropped off the grid. Actually, he lives with his mother. And after his release in 96, he didn't do anything else. Um, but the other ones, still, there's one that he's driving around a BMW, still scheming, making money, all kinds of stuff. And it's sickening to think these guys are still living the life when they should, uh, you know. A lot of people, I've read the comments in a lot of the places where I got my sources. And um, a lot of the different places, and um, a lot of people were saying they should have got the same thing she, that 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 happened to her. They should have put them through the same thing. Obviously, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, I was going to say unfortunately, but that's just that's just you know. We, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it. You know, uh, you're, we, it angers you to hear this. It disturbs you know. It bothers you as a parent, a brother, a father. Uh, you know, it just bothers you as a human to hear that a human did this to another human. It, you know, and she was defenseless. It's not like they were fighting and he won a fight, you know. And then she died during a fight. And it was even or nothing. It was these four guys abducted this young girl, probably 100, 100 pounds soaking wet. And, um, you know, they just did this. I, I can't believe it. You know, um, I got a daughter the same age. I don't think these guys would make it to the courtroom. You know what I mean? I mean, this is, <laughs> these guys, I don't think they'd make it to the courtroom. I know many of my friends who's got, uh, you know, kids, 
say the same thing. These guys wouldn't make it to the courtroom. But I don't like they just they they, they just wouldn't. They just wouldn't make it. You know, I mean, that's too much. Now I don't. You know, I, I want to know what the parents were when when she called and said, "Hey, look, I'm not going." Did they like? Were they like, oh, well, all right, I mean, she's, she's in her friend's house. What friend, first of all? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't hear anything about the parents. I didn't, I didn't see anything written about the parents, not mentioned. The only time that was mentioned was that she called to say she wasn't going to be there. That's it. But it's crazy. But anyway, I'm going to end this one earlier. Then the other one's good. I need to detox again for a minute, so you know what I mean. But anyway, man, you guys know how it goes. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow me on the social media. And I will see you on the next smoke.